Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Just saying. Every year there's one that you thought Virginia <laughs> had no chance in or was going to roll over. Like, oh, yeah. Every year. That's the way it works. Man. Yeah. The thing resets every year. Every year. CatsCorner.com podcast. CatsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. Hi, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CatsCorner.com. Coming to you live from the palatial Franklin States in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, August the 25th. That means that September is like right over there. This is actually the last Wednesday until there is September, which means, drum roll, football is like right there. And and I, I, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. It feels like forever. Um, it feels like we've been counting down forever. Um, I don't know if that's a function of just how, you know, everything that's gone on for the last 18 months and everything else, or just how weird last season was, um, how weird this season might be. We'll see. Um, but we will actually be talking actual football, um, very, very soon. Um, tonight we're going to talk about this Alliance, which, um, I, I, I mean, the, the memes sort of write themselves, but, um, Man, it, it definitely feels like a really bad like r- pro wrestling storyline, which we will discuss uh, for just a couple of minutes. And then we will dive into what is by far our favorite podcast of the year, where we are going to talk about every game on Virginia's schedule. We're going to pick them. We're going to give you scores. We're going to make ourselves look like fools. Everybody's going to have a grand old time. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First up in Fishersville, David Spence is back on the show. How's it going, my friend? Hey, I'm here to be the biggest fool, man. <laughs> it's my time to shine. <laughs> who days on the board? At who days on Twitter? Dave, Dave generally is the the optimist of the group. Uh, up in Loudon, staff writer Justin Ferber also back on the program. How's it going, my dude? Yeah, they don't have a name for me. They have hosts. They have you know podcast contributors. I'm just going to be Mr. Podcast. Wow. Um, per Doctor Bob. Um, <laughs> paging Doctor Bob. Add Justin Doctor Bob on Twitter. <laughs> And you just heard him there briefly. Um, I'm in Charlottesville. Managing editor Damon Dillman is also back on the program. Damon, you've been on the job for several weeks now, and you haven't quit, so that's a good sign for me. This is your first production uh, production. This is your first prediction podcast. How you feeling about your uh, your chances tonight? I don't know if I re- fully realize what I've gotten myself into today. So <laughs> I think I'll have a better answer for you two hours from now when we wrap this thing up. <laughs> We don't learn a lot in a short time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. At, at paging Dr. Bob. No, stop. <laughs> we should start that actually. That'd be we really account. should. That actually would be a it's good like a, and it's like a bot that just recognizes <laughs> like two yard plays or whatever. Oh, or or a bot that recognizes when people say that's a bad deal. Um, I don't Cavs, know a Dr. Bob. Cavs Warner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore corner, great place for the upcoming in-game updates, content items, and the occasional wee banter. Um man. <laughs> Did you guys? I don't know if you guys watched Ted Lasso, but several weeks ago, I don't know when this episode actually aired, but they had a storyline which involved um, some advertising 
uh, or they had a they had a, a view, sorry, of, of of a of a game where there was some advertising in the background, and it had a website. And Apple actually had not, like, it wasn't a real website, and Apple hadn't actually, like, registered that domain. And somebody went and like put like you know their their Ted Lasso podcast on it, and it like went through the roof. So what I'm saying is, is if there are potential opportunities for us to to uh, register domains that deal with Dr. Bob that can point to our podcast, we should definitely take advantage of those. Uh, speaking of taking advantage of things, what the heck are the Pac-12, the ACC, and the Big Ten doing? Other than trying to make a bunch of noise and have you come over to their house and the party's just not that great. I, I, I feel like that announcement was the most anticlimactic thing. I mean, honestly, I, I get like if there aren't any details to share, um, but maybe why are you having a press conference about it? Were they? I mean, is it is it really a bad thing that the thing leaks and that then there's speculation for a few weeks. Like I don't, I don't see the negative there. Ferber, let's start with you. In the pantheon of just boring things you've seen, uh, the ACC do in, of late. Where does the alliance rank, or do you have actual high hopes for what it might produce? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, it could end up doing something at some point, but at this point, it doesn't really. I just don't think it means much right now. It's like a. I don't even know if it's a handshake agreement because they means, met through it, Zoom. It means less. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it definitely means less. Um, you know, there's no contract or anything. It seems like the three commissioners have been watching like a lot of Marvel movies and they're like, we can just do it because friendship. Let's just have a mashup. <laughs> Let's just be friends and it'll all work out. Um, like, yeah, I don't I don't think um I don't I don't think necessarily it's gonna pay off anytime soon. I mean, the scheduling component was certainly the most interesting one to fans and to me. Um, I don't think most fans care about like the collaboration between the conferences in terms of academics or whatever. That stuff doesn't, you know, interest most people. Um, the the scheduling thing will be, I mean, they could start playing in basketball or like change the ACC Big Ten Challenge into some three conference situation. But for football, where it really matters, um, I, you know, there's so many games already on the books that I don't really think you know, it's possible to be like, oh, starting in 2022, we're going to have this like big scheduling agreement. You know, they can they can try to work on it for 10 years from now or something. But I don't really see how anything that they went over yesterday translates to immediate wins for the leagues. I mean, it does. I will say it's a sign of, of solidarity and maybe that they are being a little bit more shrewd behind the scenes than what they were willing to admit on the call yesterday. Um, but I would say for the most part, it's just sort of like a a nothing burger to try to like obstruct the sec um or like show that they're doing something but you know there's nothing tangible there literally there's no paper so yeah i mean and and, and it's worth noting that the big 10 and the pac-12 had a scheduling agreement in place a few years ago and they scrapped it because it just didn't work so yeah you know there's there's certainly precedent for this not working out yeah i um i don't want to spend too much time on this uh I, Dave, Damon, I'm going to open it up and see if you guys have any specific comments you want to make, but otherwise we can move on to the um, to the to the meat of the show. But for me personally, I mean, all jokes aside, I, I think it's a good idea for the league to look around and see what it can do. And it's certainly a good idea for the league um, in terms of um, it doesn't seem like there's anything lost by doing this. Right. There's 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 no risk. There's no you know, there's no potential um you know, harm that's going to come to them because they try to seek this out other than it just seeming like maybe you don't have a whole lot of answers. And I, th I think that's one of the realities that we've talked about on this show. And certainly Ferber wrote a big piece about 
you know, there just aren't a whole lot of good ideas on the table for what the ACC specifically could do. Um, these leagues kind of banding together and saying, hey, we're going to do something, at least gives them the a modicum of, um, you know, having their stuff together. But realistically, like Ferber said, there's nothing on paper. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing that they've decided. And so until that point, you know, it's just kind of a, uh, a little bit of a sideshow to me. Um, but I guess on some level, I'm glad the ACC is doing something, at least if nothing else, to try to, um, you know, sort of um, bat down the hatches a little bit. Um, for the rest of the the, the non-SEC um, conferences, right? So you don't want to become the Big 12 where every day it's like, you know, more rumors about the this team and that going somewhere. But uh, you guys got anything to add before we jump into the schedule? I mean, as someone who sat through that entire thing yesterday, thinking to myself, my goodness, are they going to actually say anything? Like, yeah, that was clearly a grandstanding move by the three leagues to send a message to the sec that, that they're going to present a united front. And I think it's a message to ESPN as well. Uh, because I, I, the behind the scenes theory is that ESP, these leagues, especially the ACC obviously is in bed a lot deeper with the ESPN than, than the other leagues. Uh, but there's just a message to be sent that you're not going to control college football to both the sec and ESPN but I mean, yeah, that's great and all, but I mean, Notre Dame wasn't even mentioned yesterday. Where does Notre Dame fit into any of this stuff when it comes to the football scheduling aspect of it? Uh, the whole college football playoff, where, is it going to be eight? Is it going to be 12? None of that got answered yesterday. These are all such political machinations going on behind the scenes. And, and there were so many veiled messages being sent throughout the course of that thing yesterday. But in terms of actually things to get excited about, there was... There was nothing like I wouldn't be surprised if this all peters out in the next few months. Well, not necessarily months, but years as as things change so rapidly. And who knows how quickly the first time somebody gets ticked off or doesn't like something that's suggested. It all just kind of peters out with this now, too. But, yeah, it's it just there was not a whole lot to actually get excited about as you look forward coming out of that thing yesterday. Yeah, I mean, my whole thing I was going to say about it, like, I mean, I was kind of excited when we heard the rumors about it, but once they said there was nothing in place, it essentially yeah. just, to me, it just became like a bunch of ADs who were tired of getting calls from boosters and said, hey, let's do this and buy ourselves a couple months and figure it out. Um, yeah, I'd say the big winner of the last 24 hours is Greg Sankey, who basically made the, made the alliance look foolish with his comments today. Um, took everything they said and spun it back and made the SEC look even stronger. So good for him. Yeah. Tough look for my guy. All right. Speaking of, um, I don't know. I, I can't. There's no segue there. All right. Um, let's let's break down the schedule. All right. So, the way this works for those of you scoring at home is we're going to work week by week. Uh, we are going to try our best to not just talk about the game and pick the game and give you a number, but we're going to try to track the season for each of our picks as if this is like. Um, this is like a, uh, a season of, of NCAA football and we're all actually, you know, keeping up with how things go and, you know, week to week things matter and that kind of thing. All right. Let's start with Wave and Mary, September the 4th, uh, the fighting Mike London's come to Charlottesville. And before we, we dive into this, how played out are we expecting, <laughs> How do I phrase this? The the Mike London storyline to be like, go, give me the over under on the number of 
Mike London returns to Charlottesville stories that you're going to see. I, granted, this is not the first time that he's done that, right? Like, it's not like, you know, this isn't the first time, but people are going to treat it like it is. Um, Mike London was a cop. And here we go. I knew I knew one of y'all <laughs> was going to say it. Um, but how many how many of those do you think you're going to get? Or are, 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 are our friends in, 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 on the beat actually going to, you know, have some some scruples this year and uh, try to, you know, avoid the low hanging fruit? What do, you, what do we think? What's the what, what's our vibe on that? I think we're kind of past it. You think yeah. so? That's yeah. how I feel. Like too. I haven't really, I haven't really thought about it. Um, I kind of forgot that he was the coach there. I think, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I don't think, I don't think it'd be a big deal at all. Oh, I think there will be outlets who milk it for all it's worth. Yeah. Well, I can't it's do it over under when you could write the stories. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's it's such easy low hanging fruit. Uh, so many storylines. Not to mention all the other guys from UVA on the William and Mary staff. As well, beyond London, yeah. isn't Cole Blackman so many, there too? Uh, yeah, is is Cole Blackman there? I didn't even realize Cole Blackman. Yeah, there. he. I'm pretty sure I interviewed him at a camp in like 2004. <laughs> yeah, man, but he's I been mean, there a long time. But yeah, I mean, like you look at that staff, and just about everybody, you know, some of them like Razai Dowling and uh, Daryl Blackstock and Matt Johns. Isn't Keenan Carter there too? Isn't Keenan? Uh, so. I think yeah. he's the D line coach, right? Yeah. Vincent Brown. Uh, Vincent Brown is. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, is he the D coordinator or the assistant? And uh, yeah, I think he's the D coordinator and assistant head coach. But yeah, there's so many storylines there that that somebody's going to take the bait. Uh, I'm not saying everybody will, and it probably won't be as as big of a deal as it was. When was that? 19 they came here 2019 two yeah years i guess ago. this is his third yeah. year but his second year mike's second year there was the spring season this year yeah they only played like three games last year mm-hmm. so so yeah somebody wow. will take the bait all right so it's it's fourth side orange out which can, can can i get a ruling from the from the group here when we started making the joke about was it fifth side it was fifth side right that's the joke yeah. we made yeah. okay yeah, I wanted right. to make sure that they didn't actually take fourth side from us. I thought it was fifth side. I just <laughs> want to make sure. All right. 7.30 p.m., a night game um, for an orange out. Um, I, we should take bets on how successful the orange out is going to be. I mean, listen, I, 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 I mean, we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on this. I don't think anybody really expects uh, Virginia to lose this game, given all the talent. Um, obviously, with everything this season, there's going to be a little bit of a, um, of a caveat where you're not necessarily 100% sure that – teams will be exactly as um, designed. You know, there's a COVID piece that's hanging out there. Um, you know, it seems like from what school officials have said that Virginia's in a good spot from a vaccination standpoint, but as we've all learned in the last, you know, month or two, um, that doesn't necessarily mean but so much. Um, so anyway, I believe that the the order of, of picking, of choosing, we, Dave, we start with you. How do you feel about this game? And give me a number. And my biggest concern about this game is whether Bronco will fail to use a three three five just to hide it for one more week. <laughs> I mean, and I don't know if that's out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, no, that's very <laughs> true. That's that's a really I good mean, point. He could very well just go like two man base or three man Don package the whole game. Um, but no, I mean, I, like I think the teams obviously going to be excited to play in front of fans. Fans are going to be excited to be in the stadium. It's a night game. It, it's pretty low stress. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it's it should be fun. I mean. I expect lots of points. Um, feels very eerily similar, my confidence to to a game against Richmond like five oh, years no. ago. But oh, no. I, th- I think we're a different it. point in the, in the in the process. So we're doing scores now. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I got Virginia winning this one, fifty-five to seventeen. We'll put some points up. 
Mr. Football I, is going to score. I like 40 how you years. asked. I like how you asked if we were doing points, you know, score or whatever, and then you you had a very specific, like it wasn't even like you need to think. You clearly have gone. Oh, I got them written scores. down, dude. I'm good to go. All right, next, <laughs> Ferber. What say you? Oh wow. Um, yeah, uh, pretty similar to Dave. I don't. I don't really see William and Mary hanging around in this game uh, too long. I'm sure they're going to be improved from what we saw a couple of years ago, but. Um, as far as I know, they're not considered to be like the, the expectations for them aren't like through the roof or anything at this point. So um, I'll go with UVA 45 to 13 in a game where they kind of, you know, I, I would say like take the game by storm in the first half and then kind of coast in the second half. All right, Damon, you're next on the list. What do you think? Sorry, I had to unmute myself. Yeah, <laughs> look at you. Uh, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add other than I don't I don't know if William and Mary is going to be very good at all this year. Uh, I think they were picked eleventh out of twelve in the uh, in the CAA. Um, so yeah, I think this is I, I think this is a script we've seen a few times before over the years. I'm going to say I'm going to go forty eight to six. Forty eight uh, to six. Yeah, I think I think the defense is going to have a strong showing. I, I, I the more I looked at this game, the more I thought, you know, th- this is not going to be about the starters for me. Now, to Dave's point about Richmond, there's always the chance, and and you certainly can't, um, you, you certainly can't just kind of take it for granted that they're, you know, going to do this and that. But you, if you're going to pick the thing, you can't, you, you just can't expect that they're they're not going to be at least on par or somewhere close to to, to expectations. Um, the trick with picking games is what happens when there's that uncertainty and there's not a whole lot about this, right? Um, you know, Mike might get that thing right in time, but I, you know, he's only been there a couple years and, um, and obviously with everything going on, I, it would be hard to, to fathom that, that William and Mary could do to Virginia, what Richmond did to Virginia to, to start Broncos tenure. Um, now that being said, the question is not for me is not necessarily whether they win the game and even how many points they score. It's who's scoring the points, right? So how long is, is Brendan Armstrong in at this point? We don't know who the backup quarterback is going to be. I'm assuming it's going to be Ira Armstead. Um, but you know, until they name a guy or until we at least see a depth chart, that one's a little bit fuzzy. Um, right. But he I, looks like an Olympian out there. <laughs> um, but at the same time, right, there's also the piece of like, well, if you, you know, there's a whole bunch of running backs on this team. And even some of those guys, if they're not the quote unquote, you know, with the running with the ones kind of dudes, they're still going to get touches. And I feel like that's that's going to be an interesting part of this, which is we can think about Virginia scoring a lot of points on folks this year because of the pass and because Brennan and, and being able to move and stuff. But I'm really curious to see. This is a game where, you know, we're not going to do the storyline thing until we actually get to the weekly stuff. But this is a game where I, I, I want to see Virginia running it down their throat. Like this is the game where you where you you know you don't want to put too much out there. Okay, run the ball, um, make the game shorter. So I'm actually I think they're going to put up a lot of points, but I'm not going to pick it quite as high as the rest of you guys. I've got Virginia winning at 44 to 10. Not not necessarily because they can't score more than 44. I mean, if they wanted to, I think they could hang a lot more. But I, I just kind of figure that in the end, it's going to be a running game sort of situation. All right, so a week later, September the 11th, 11 a.m., it's Heroes Day in Charlottesville. Uh, Virginia's going to host Illinois, uh, which is in some ways an intriguing matchup to me. Uh, Dave, let's start with you. As you've done research on on the Illini, what stands yeah. out to you, and um, 
what do you think of this one? Uh, they're orange and blue. Um, no. Correct. Uh, well done. <laughs> Brett Bielema, year, year one. Um, but this will be their third game of the year. Um, 10 a.m. local time for them, I suppose. Like, I mean, honestly, that's that's most of my research on this game. Is like how how, how many hours can I tailgate before 11 a.m. kickoff? That gets to be challenging. Um, no, but look, they they weren't a great team last year. They weren't a great team the year before. Um, obviously, if you go back to what Brett does historically, like, I mean, you assume they're going to try to be a power team that runs the ball. Um, I don't know if they have the pieces for that yet. So, but you know, they will have played Nebraska and be coming off a game against UT San Antonio. So they'll they'll have worked out some kinks and you know we'll have plenty of film to watch. But yeah, you know, I'm just being at home. Obviously atmosphere at eleven AM is probably not going to be great. Um I joked with Ferber earlier this is gonna look like a spring game and he said yeah, for more than just the uniforms. Um and he might be right. Um but yeah I think it's a game Virginia at home should should win. Um you know it gave like I think it'll be close early just because it's going to be hard to get energy going in a stadium that early in the morning. Um, but I do have Virginia ultimately winning the game 30 to 20. Figured a weird kickoff time needed a weird score. All right. Ferber, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think they've kind of hit it on, on Illinois. Um, new coach. I, I think I a hundred percent agree that they're going to eventually try to become sort of what B did at Wisconsin and Arkansas, which is just run the ball a lot. Um, power running game, good offensive lineman, but you know, you need the pieces to be able to do that. I'm not exactly sure if I'm being honest with you, where Illinois is in that development part. I do think that we'll know a lot more about them, but you know, by the time they get to Charlotte, so with those two games under their belt, but you know, just looking at what they've done the last few years and what they have back, they do have their quarterback back, but um, I just don't see a lot here to expect them to come into Charlottesville and win or be very good this year at all. Um, So I have UVA winning 31 to 16 in sort of a sleepy game that UVA controls most of the way, but it's not exactly like a, you know, a perfect effort or anything on either side of the ball. All right, Damon, what about you? Yeah. I don't know how many sparks are going to be flying at a, at Scott stadium <laughs> at that, 11 a.m. At, at that morning. Yeah. But no, I think Brett Bielema is a good coach. And I think, I think this is a much better spot for him being back in the big 10. And I think eventually he will get this figured out. Uh, I think it maybe it's a good thing they're not getting this team in maybe like two, three years. But I just think he's got he's got a rebuild ahead of him here, and UVA's getting them early. And yeah, the fact that they are going to play those two games at home, uh, it's crazy that they already kick off this weekend. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. They'll definitely the Nebraska game and then the San Antonio game. They'll have a pretty good idea of what's working and what's not and what they need to fix. And what maybe can't be fixed is going to take a little bit more time. So uh, I think I think they'll be okay. I just I don't know. I think that program's just at a spot now where if UVA comes out and UVA's head is on straight as a collective, and you know, like like you guys were talking about, there's not going to be a lot of energy for an 11 a.m. kickoff. But if they're able to overcome that and avoid a slow start and maybe get on Illinois early, early, I'm going to say in terms of a score. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say 2717. Uh, I think I, I I just don't think there's gonna be a lot of energy, which I think is gonna lend itself to not necessarily a high scoring game. But I do think that UVA will this being a veteran group, uh, they'll be able to handle their business in a game like this and, and get ready to uh, head on down to Chapel Hill. So 
Um, forever, one, real quick. Did you say 31 17? Is what you said? 16. 16. Okay. That extra point, man. Could make you the difference. You never know. Okay. Listen, I, I, the more I think about this whole thing, all right, I might be getting, I might, I, I might have a little too much time on my hands on this, on, 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 but I, I kind of wonder, and part of me thinks that we'll, we'll kind of get a sense of what Virginia is going to look like in Chapel Hill based on, how the Cavaliers handle this game. And what I mean by that is everybody so far has talked about not having energy. There won't be a lot of energy in the stadium. It's an early kickoff. Dude, the team that can go to Chapel Hill and presumably beat Carolina to and upset them and all that fun stuff, you know, conceivably, right, their first loss, all that fun stuff, right, ruin their, um, the start of their glorious return to whatever. That team, that team has to come out here and be good early right there can't be any doubt now that's not to say Virginia couldn't come out there lay an egg in the first half figure it out in the second half and then still win in Chapel Hill but if they're gonna win in Chapel Hill there's a good chance that that means that they've got their stuff together and this is a team with too much senior leadership too much experience especially on the offensive front for them to not come out I don't care what time they play the game um it's not like you didn't know what the schedule was going to be uh, it's not like they did tell you they told you the day before right like you know going into this going into this whole week of prep that this is going to be an early start uh, I think that this is a game where um, both teams try to run the ball a little bit more, and I do think Virginia is going to try to run the ball a little bit to start the season. Um, so I have it a little bit less uh, scoring maybe than you guys did, but I still think this is Virginia's game to win. Um, excuse me, Virginia's game to lose, and I think they're going to win it. Give me the Cavaliers twenty-seven to ten. Uh, I, got, I just really have a good feeling. Um, not just, I mean, I know that that you might look at that score and say, oh, you know, seventeen points isn't that big a deal. Um, but I, I think that one of the, the, the that part of this is going to be them putting some points on the board early, um, and maybe Illinois add something late. Um, just kind of feels like Virginia, if it's if Virginia has the team that I think they have, that 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 should be the result. So the aforementioned game in Chapel Hill the next weekend, Virginia heads down uh, September the 18th, 7:30 p.m. kickoff on the ACC network, which hopefully by that point um, will be on Comcast. Um, I, I guess Dave, let's start with you. Uh, it, this is the this is the part where the rubber, the realistic rubber, has to meet the road, right? How how, how good do you think this team's going to be? Well, you'll you'll tell us here in a second. What what's uh, what's your what's your what's your pleasure in? Uh, I mean, in Keenan. Look, I mean, I think Carolina's going to be pretty good. Anytime you got a quarterback like Sam Howell in today's game, um, that's that's a plus, you know. Um, clearly, they lose some weapons on offense, so I don't, you know, it's going to be. You know, how good is how can can he make the guys who aren't as good as the guys who lost better than we think they are and you know a really good court really good quarterbacks can um carolina defense like i mean a lot of people are expecting them to take a big step like i just and i'll admit like i am i'm sure you you guys might agree i am jaded about what i saw when we beat them down there last year yeah um i saw a lazy team that didn't show a lot of desire on defense um and was kind of easy to you know, honestly, it was pretty easy to score on. Um, it talent-wise, they've got plenty of talent if you if you believe, you know, star rankings. Um, which obviously we hear at rivals too. Um, <laughs> but the <laughs> well done. Yeah, but yeah, I, I just don't know what their defense is, um, and I don't know if improved for their defense means that their defense can carry the team, which means the offense has to. Um, that said, like you know, to me, this is the probably the biggest game on Virginia's schedule. Like you, you know, Virginia Tech's always going to be big, but um, 
kind of what this winning this game would do for the rest of Virginia's season, what winning this game could mean for as far as like North Carolina recruiting in the state, not just one guy in particular, but other guys. Like this is a huge game, um, which pains me to say. Like I just think Hal was really good, and um, you know Virginia kind of sort of dodged a bullet with them last year. So I'm going to have Virginia losing this game. Um, oh God, I don't want to, but yeah, because um, I mean. You know, Tech will, I mean, Carolina will have already played at Tech and has Georgia State the week before. And it's going to be a big crowd who wants to beat Virginia. Um, so I'm going to regrettably have Virginia losing this one on my final draft. Um, but a high scoring affair, 34 to 41. Um, Carolina with the win and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ferber, what do you think? Uh, do you agree with Dave that, that uh, UVA is not going to be able to get it done? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, there's a lot of things at play here. I think one of the things is that UVA has played really well on offense, particularly against North Carolina in the last couple of years. You know, North Carolina obviously has been in transition on that side of the ball much more than they have been on offense. But, you know, Anai has done a great job, you know, scheming them up and scoring a lot of points. Um, both Brendan Armstrong and Bryce Perkins had basically career-ish days in those games. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's notable, um, but I think UNC early in the season is going to be a little bit too much, um, but this game, I don't expect the offense. So that's another thing I meant to mention that's at play is that, you know, and I kind of want to keep an eye on this early in the season is, is that UVA's offense has kind of stumbled out of the gate a lot in the early parts of the season. And then in the second half of the season, they've been kind of figuring things out the last couple of years. This year, I don't expect them to stumble out of the gate. I think that they're going to be in a much better spot, but it will be interesting to see if maybe like they're not able to kind of get the points on the board like we thought they might be able to in those first, you know, two, three, four games. Um, I think that they're going to score a lot of points in this one. I just think that North Carolina is going to expose some warts on the defense. Um, and I think that, you know, they've probably heard enough about losing four straight to UVA and then get them at home. Um, it's going to be a pretty pivotal game for them, especially if they end up losing that first game to Tech, which I think is possible, but not necessarily likely. Um, I think North Carolina wins a close one, but I actually think UVA fans should feel pretty good about how I think they're going to do in this game. Um, if I have them losing 35-31, but I think if you lose a game like that at Carolina, um, you feel pretty good about where your offense is and that you're going to have a pretty good season regardless of the actual win-loss outcome. All right, Damon, at this point, Virginia going over 2 They're going to go over 3 on your board. What's up? I yeah, mean, among the, among I think, the people picking this game is what I meant. Sorry. I, I think this, this, this is the game that a lot of the questions we have about this, this UVA team, we're, we're going to get answers for in this one. And obviously that's kind of what you'd expect because as Dave is talking about, this, this, this is a pretty big game this early in the season, opening up against Carolina in Chapel Hill uh opening up acc play i should say in chapel hill against this this kind of carolina team i think i think we'll get answers to a couple of the big questions like offensively just how new and improved is brendan armstrong in terms of avoiding the turnovers avoiding the interceptions because you worry about an offense like carolina if carolina gets out to a lead gets out to a two score 14 17 point lead on you you worry about this that's where armstrong had a lot of his troubles with uh turnovers last year was trying to be a hero and trying, trying to rally when they get behind, like, like at Virginia tech, for instance, and uh, NC state was another one. And so I think, 
I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if if Armstrong can stay within himself if they find themselves in a hole early in this one. And then the other side of it, obviously, you guys have talked about Sam Howell and the expectations for what he's going to be this year, possible number one pick, likely first round pick. We've talked so much about this UVA pass defense and what they've done, what they hope to do to improve it, whether it's the switch to a three, three, five, whether it's personnel moves, bringing in the, uh, the grad transfers for depth at those positions. I wouldn't be surprised if they keep things relatively vanilla defensively for the first two games to try to hide as much as they can from Carolina going into this one. But yeah, so I think I think those questions we will get much better answers for in this game. I think I think it's going to be a lot of points on both sides. I think both offenses are going to have big nights. Uh, I just think Sam Howell's really good. I think Carolina. I like. There's a part of me that we talked about this last week. The history in this, in the in this uh, in this series, and how it's gone in UVA's direction these last four years. But uh, I think I think this is the year that Carolina. Uh, writes that ship a little bit from their perspective. And for a score, I'm going to say, yeah, I think it's going to be a wild night. I'm going to say 44-34, Carolina wins it. Oh, ye of little faith. Oh, ye of little faith. All right, listen. So I guess that was uh, – I forget who which one of you mentioned that, you know, Carolina's kind of tired of hearing about the whole, you know, having, having beaten UVA thing, right? But then Damon's point about the secondary, um, that's kind of where I'm leaning. Um I don't want to. I don't want to discount how good Sam Howell is. Um, I, I think that if Virginia wins this game, which I'm about to pick the Cavaliers to do, um, it's obviously going to come from their offense, right? The trick is whether or not the defense can get enough stops. And the reality, I think, for a lot of times when when Broncos teams have been good, is it's not necessarily that they they are. Um, you know, I, I, we we talk a lot about complimentary football on this show, right? And that's obviously going to be a piece, but you don't have to be perfect. You you just have to come through in the moments when your team needs you to come through, right? Offense has to be able to put a drive together. Defense has to be able to get a stop. Special teams have to be able to you know to 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 hit a field goal or to to cover a um, you know an onside kick or something like that, right? I, I I think this game ultimately comes down not so much down to just you know the secondary and and how improved they are. I sneakily suspect that the first two weeks you're not going to see a whole lot of true three three five. I think this is the game where they really break it out. Um, and if there are wrinkles, this is when I expect to see it. Um, it's it, it's early enough in the season that you feel like you can probably park some of it because it's William Mary and you know Illinois is going to run the ball. You know their run fits have to obviously be pretty good uh, against the Illini in order to to to, to get stops. But I really just I I like that defense a little bit more. Um, now maybe than I did several months ago. Um, I, I think Alonzo is at just a different place physically, and I feel like Virginia can actually cause some problems just with the front um, in a way that maybe pass. I mean, like you, you obviously you look back at these Carolina games, and you know you needed the 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 chaos, right? You needed the havoc. Um, that's not to say that they won't still do some of that. I just don't think it's necessarily going to come just from the outside linebackers. It's got to be you know, a whole group effort. And I do think that the, that having the, the, you know, playing that three, three, five and you know, the change that we've all been expecting for months. Um, I think this is a game where it really comes to, 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 to be a big deal, but it also has to come down to can Virginia run the ball? Can, you know, can Jelani Woods get loose? I, I think this is a big game for him. 
Um, I think this is his kind of coming out party on the on the ACC scene. Um, I've got Virginia winning this thing 41-37. Um, it's a lot of points on the board, but um, you know I'll be the lone I'll be the lone uh, voice here to say Virginia comes back home three and zero. All right, so three games into the season, Virginia, <laughs> at least on my board, they're three and zero. September the twenty fourth, um, Virginia will be back on the road, seven p.m. at Wake Forest. Oh, Excuse home. me, sorry, at home. My bad, my bad, my bad, yeah. my bad. <laughs> Um, I thought that looked wrong. All right, <laughs> but it's still seven o'clock. Um, yeah, it would, be, it would be. It would be. It would be weird if um if if Hildrup was presenting a game in Winston Salem. All right, <laughs> Wake is a weird matchup, Dave. I I, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm more likely to pick Virginia to lose this game than I am to pick them to lose in Chapel Hill. Um, tell me what you think about the Deeks, and what are you feeling about yeah. the score? Yeah, I mean, Wake and Boston College kind of fit in the same mold for me when Virginia plays them. They're teams that I don't understand why we can't beat, and they seem to beat us consistently. (laughs) Last year being the obviously, you know, Boston College finally took care of them last year in front of no one. But um, Friday night games, especially coming off a big game at Carolina, so it's, you know, it's a short week. Um, You know, we're going to have to hear about Broncos saying they had to work on, you know, some of the coaches had to work on Sunday or whatever they have to. It's always weird when we have a short week. Um, and then you get to hear me complain about the tailgating restrictions <laughs> based on Charlottesville on Friday night. But no, I think Wake Forest, you know, they have a solid team. Um, yeah, I'm drawing a blank on the name of their receiver uh, <laughs> that's back, but you know, they've got some weapons and they're a team that, I mean, harkens back to like the old George Welsh teams, right? I mean, just they do everything solid when they've got plus players at skill positions, they tend to be better than solid. And, I don't know where they're going to fall this year on that, but I think they're going to be, you know, a tough out. Um, so to me, it's as much about Wake Forest as it is about where Virginia is mentally coming off that Carolina game, good or bad, right? Um, and you know, what Brad was talking about earlier with this team being a little bit more veteran, hopefully they can handle that. I mean, I ultimately have Virginia winning this game, but I wasn't super confident in it. Um, I almost flip-flopped to have him win the Carolina, but I've got Virginia win a close one, 20-17, to 17, just a slow start, kind of a get it through, play clean, you know, force Wake Forest to make a mistake in front of a crowd that will hopefully, you know, be into the game. <laughs> All right. Ferber, what do you think? Yeah, I think this is a tough spot. Um, even if, in, in like, in your world, they, they beat North Carolina. Um I think this is a tough stretch still. I mean, the whole stretch, really, because they go to Miami after this. But um, it, it's a tough one. I, I'm going to go with UVA winning this one in a, in a higher scoring game. But I think, you know, Wake showed last year that um, they are not – I mean, obviously UVA was playing without Brendan Armstrong in that game. But, um, you know, you can't go in there and not have your you-know-what together because – they're going to, they're going to execute well and they're not going to turn the ball over a lot. And they got some pretty good playmakers now and a decent quarterback um, and consistency in their scheme. And UVA on a Friday night has been bad <laughs> many times. Um, but I'm going to go with UVA to win this one. Another high scoring game, 35, 27 at home um, in a game that I really kind of think they need to win in this stretch just because, you know, you're kind of sandwiching this one at home between two really tough road games. All right, Damon. At this point, you've got Virginia at 2-1. and one. What do you think about the Deeks? 
Yeah, I don't I don't like this one. I uh, I really don't like the fact that as Ferber just pointed out, it's right between those Carolina and uh, Miami road trips. And I don't like, I don't I think I just think I, I I think we talked about this last week, but I think Clawson's a really good coach. I think he'll have his team prepared. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This just feels like one of those. It being a Friday night, weird things happen on Friday nights. I uh, I don't have a good feeling about. It. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I'm going to say Wake Forest comes in, and uh, I, I'm going to say, let's say 24-17. Wake Forest wins this one. I just I just the way it's all lined up, I just don't have a good feeling about this game. So I at this point have picked Virginia to beat Carolina. Come home as uh, triumphant victors of the Coastal Division. This is the most UVA loss that I'm going to pick. I think all season long. It one, I feel like that style. Like wait, they do that that thing where the dudes kind of like walk up to the line, like sort of delay stuff. I I just think that 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 really I don't know. Virginia just does not seem like a good um, matchup for that. I also feel like um, to 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 I, I guess. Uh, I guess multiple guys have said, you know, Clawson is a, is a really good coach. And I think he's also got a talented team. They might not necessarily be full of like, you know, high four star kids and this and that. But there's actually a, if you look at this roster, there's a healthy number of guys Virginia really liked, right? Um, dudes from Virginia, you know, Suleiman Kamara, um, the kid from Centerville, um, the kid from Episcopal. Like there's a lot of, there are a lot of really good players on this roster. Um, guys who I think fit Clawson and fit what they're doing down there. Um, so I'm kind of a like mine. I, I feel like Virginia, this is just a game where maybe things don't fit, feel as right for them. You know, I feel like the first three weeks, maybe things went pretty, pretty well. And this one is just the one where it kind of leaves you scratching your head a little bit. So I actually have something close to what Damon's got. Uh, I've got Wake Forest winning at 21 to 13. I just feel like Virginia can't get its offense going running game st- you know, stumbles a little bit. Um, you know, do- uh, Dr. Bob kind of maybe leaves it behind a little bit too early. Um, this is the game that, you know, Virginia's got to respond to, right? You went to Carolina, you got to win. That's great. But now you, you, you kind of gave it back a little bit. And so this will kind of set the tone a little bit for the season. Um, speaking of which, as you guys mentioned, another, obviously another tough one um, coming up the, the, uh, on the schedule um, after going, or excuse me, after wow, I'm, I'm destined to try to put them in Winston-Salem, September 30th, 7 30 PM, Miami gardens, Florida. How, how do we feel about the Canes, Dave? How do you feel about the U? Is the U really back, or is this just another year where we all thought they were talented and they just couldn't put it together? What do you think? I mean, I think they're a really, really talented team, and you know, it depends on how how healthy King really is, and it also depends on where Miami is mentally because they will have already played Alabama and Michigan State by this point. Um, so, I mean, at one point, like I was very tempted to take Virginia to win this game because you know. Look, Virginia's struggled on the road under Bronco, prior to Bronco, but for some reason in Miami they've had some, you know, good showings and won some games and almost won some other ones. Um, but the thing I can't get over is like, you know, as we talk, we're gonna get into like the BYU Notre Dame pit, you know, section of the schedule, and that feels like the toughest. But to me, that Saturday at Carolina, come back for a Friday night against Wake and then go on the road to play Thursday at Miami, three games in twelve days against two of the highest, you know, top 15, top 12 teams, depending on the poll, that's tough. Um, if Virginia can come out of that – if Virginia can lose Miami 5-0, and we got something. 
I'll tell you that right now. That's a <laughs> that's a good stretch of ball. But look, I just think you know, obviously at, at this point, I've got Virginia three and one have kind of rebounded to beat Wake. But another six day week and having to travel to to Miami, um, who will be coming? You know, Virginia will be coming in off a, a six day week. Miami will be coming in after off playing Central Connecticut State. Um, I, I say advantage Miami in the rest department probably. Um, and with the guys they have, I think that's just too tough of a hill to climb. Barring you know King having a terrible game or Miami just sleepwalking, yeah, I just think they've got too much. Unless you know it's going to take a perfect night for Virginia. So I've got Virginia losing this one and their lowest scoring a game so far of the year for me. Um, Miami, you know, Virginia losing nineteen to twenty eight. Um, I don't know if Miami's that good. I just think you know they're good enough to kind of to win that game given the toughness Virginia will be facing with the schedule. All right, Ferber, what do you think? Virginia going to fall to three and two on the season on your board or what's up? Yeah, uh, I think he said, yeah, <laughs> well, I, I think the one trend, I mean, obviously we talked about UVA's winning streak against North Carolina, but I mean, UVA has not only had a bad run of win loss luck against Miami. They've also had a really hard time scoring points in yep. the last two games. I think they scored nine or something like that uh, two years ago with, with Perkins the year they won the coastal and last year, I mean, they had seven early and then basically didn't score for the rest of the game until the very end. Um, And, and Miami didn't exactly put up, I think Miami only scored like 16 points in the one game and like uh, 17 points. And then like maybe, you know, 19 points or something last year. I can't remember what it was. Um, So yeah, it wasn't like they ran away with it either. Um, I think this is a tough spot for UVA. I think Miami, I'm assuming they're going to lose to Alabama. And then I think they're going to kind of round into form after that. App State and Michigan State are not walkover games for them, but I think Mm -hmm. that they'll win both of them at home. Um, And then they'll sort of be in a good spot by the time UVA comes to town. Um, UVA, on the other hand, I think will be sort of, you know, know, I don't want to say it's like a body blow part of the season because they just played Wake. But um, yeah, I mean, short week after a short week the week before, um, going on the road. That's another thing that we kind of have to keep in mind with the schedule this year is UVA has been much, much better at home than they have been on the road the last few years. Um, so I'm going to take Miami to win this one 27 to 17 in a game that they sort of control from start to finish. I think this will be the game where UVA fans are starting to say, okay, maybe, maybe we're going to be more middle of the pack than we maybe thought at three and one. Um, but I think that there's good things coming. It's just, you know, this this is a tough stretch of the season for them. All right, Damon, what do you think? Yeah, I just keep coming back to the fact that this is, first of all, the third straight year that they're going to Miami, which is in itself crazy. But they just, they've really struggled, as Ferber talked about, to score points in those games. I remember that Friday night game two years ago, the Hollins fumble game. When uh, both teams, I mean, both teams have struggled to put up points in these last few, these last few games down there in Miami. And I just, I don't know, given, given all the schedule quirks, like Dave talked about this being on the back end of that three game stretch. And I just, I, I just feel like there's too many, too many things in Miami's favor going into this one. I do. I, again, I, I don't think there are going to be a lot of points. I think Miami might be able to get things going a little bit more. Than, than we may have seen in the past because I think they're going to be pretty good this year. So I'm going to say I'm going to say Miami 27-13. I think I think uh, UVA just goes down there and kind of scuffles, 
as we've seen these last couple of years, I, I don't really, uh, I can't come up with a strong reason, especially given some of the X factors that we've talked about with the schedule and other things. I can't come up with a really strong reason why there would be a drastic change in, in, in the way the last few trips down there have gone. So, all right. Again, I'm going to go against the grain here. I, I, I think coming out of Winston, or sorry, God, that's a third time coming out of the Wake Forest game. Um, I, I feel like this is the perfect sort of get right opportunity for Virginia because Miami is a name, you know, um, obviously a lot of talent. It's a road trip. There's a weird scheduling quirk and everything that goes with that. Now, today's point about the rest piece, I think of all the teams in America that don't need extra rest, all the programs historically that just need to keep playing games, right? Miami's the one. Like, you need Miami's fire always stoked because if you give them any opportunity to let that thing out, they will drop an egg. And I think I think they're going to drop an egg in this game. I, I think Virginia's... I think Virginia's defense is much better at defending guys like Derek King than the Cavaliers are historically at defending guys who can pick them apart. Now, maybe Derek King has really made some strides in his game and he comes out here and he's just throwing little darts all over the place. But if your offense is going to rely in large part on what somebody's supposed to do with their legs, I, I just, I don't know, man, I just feel pretty good about Virginia being able to defend that and prepare for it. Um, now that being said, a lot of this comes down to whether or not the offense can get its groove back. So again, in this situation, I've just seen, you know, Virginia score just 13 points against wake. Um, can Brennan Armstrong and them get it done? I, I think this is a this is an emotional game. This is a culture game for Virginia, and uh, you know what? I think they get it done. Um, I think they're. I don't know. I don't know why I'm on the outlier here on the outlier train, but I got Virginia win this thing 33 to 23. Um, not it's not necessarily that I don't just buy into the Miami hype. I don't, but I also think that this is you know if you look at this season as sort of the way things stack up, it just makes sense to me that Virginia's going to lose a game that the Cavaliers shouldn't. Um, they're going to win a game that they probably shouldn't. And everything else in the middle, it's all 50-50. And, the, you know, got to wait till those cookies crumble. But this is the one, to me, that they win that they shouldn't. So give me the Cavaliers, 33 to 23. All right. So at this point in the season, Dave has Virginia at 3-2. and two. Uh, So does Ferber. And so does Damon. And I've got – sorry, Damon's got him at 2-3. Uh, and Because um, he had Wake and Miami winning. And then I've got him at 4-1. and one which means I'm probably crazy. Um, <laughs> all right. So after they play Miami, they get uh, a time TBA game against Louisville that for the record is in Louisville. Uh, I will not mess that one up. Um, an interesting matchup for me because I, I still don't know what to expect from them. I, everybody says they're going to be trash, Dave, um, but I'm not really sure what to expect. And there's a whole lot beyond with them. I mean, with Saturday, you know, the whole thing. What do you think of the cards, and how do you think Virginia fares in Derby City? I think going back to what I was just complaining about about a brutal schedule. Now Virginia gets rewarded with what uh, a mini buy, you know, extra two days off, but then back on the road to to Louisville. Um, like I don't know what they're going to be this this year, but to me, and maybe it's jaded thinking, like I just don't think they're a very disciplined team, and so when you're not a very discipline team both in like schematically within you know within the between the whistles and you know in and just in executing your game plan cleanly like I, I don't think they're a we're a sound team last year and 
Um, you know, better the year before, but certainly not last year. But Satterfield's a pretty good offensive coach. So obviously, this is one of this might be the game that we all kind of laugh about what we thought Virginia was going to do against Louisville because they're a team that I, I think we all kind of need to wait and see what they are. But look, I have a feeling that, you know, after that, by after I have Virginia losing at Miami, I think this is historically where Virginia comes out and like we'll all be like, man, they, they look terrible against Miami. They're, they're probably going to get shot out at Louisville. I think this is where they kind of turn it around and we see a little run out of them, kind of similar to what we saw at the end of last year and, you know, even 2019 when they really got that offense rolling. So I think Justin brought that up earlier, so still in his thunder there. Um, but, yeah, I like Virginia to win this one, not based off <laughs> – and I'm prepared to be embarrassed about when you remind me of the score leading into Louisville week, but I've got Virginia winning this one 33 to 21. All right. Perb, what do you think? Yeah, Dave, you kind of stole my thought too. <laughs> I was, well, I was going to say like, you know, it's kind of a tough stretch here with this UNC wake Miami, but I think if things go according to plan, I think this is where things start to sort of round into shape them and they can kind of get back on track and they'll at least as far as wins and losses go um i don't think my or i don't think louisville is going to be that good I, I am reminded that a couple years ago i thought the same thing and then uva lost to them out there i believe brad picked that one correct um but yeah i think that they lose i mean they lose a good number of their top skill guys at well um hawkins you know cunningham's back but I'm not one of his biggest fans. Like, I, I just don't think he's that good. Um, I, I think that this team's going to be, like, super pedestrian. And I, I think UVA, if they can go in and score some points like they did against Louisville last year, I think they can outscore them um, and win this one. I think they kind of go down there and win this one kind of comfortably, 35-24, um, and uh, hopefully start a run of wins uh, in the weeks to come. But this will be a tough one. Mm. What do you think, Damon? How, how are you feeling about this? Yeah, I just, I mean, historically, Louisville's been a place where they've struggled. And and uh, I just, uh, I feel like you'd use the term, what was the term you used about the Miami game? Uh, get right game? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like this might be, in my it, it, from my perspective, that get right game. I feel like they've struggled at Louisville. But I, I honestly, I don't know. I mean, nobody really knows, like we said, what to expect from Louisville. Uh, but I tend to lean toward, I don't know that they're going to be all that good. The fact that this game is at Louisville, I think will make it interesting. And, uh, I think it'll be a good competitive game. It'll be closer than maybe it probably should be. Um, I think it's going to be one that comes down to the end, whether it's the offense making a drive to win it or the defense. I think it's a good coming of age game. I know they're a veteran team, but I think something's going to happen late in this one, whether it's the defense getting a stop or the offense, going on a scoring drive late in this one to pull it off. Uh, I think it's going to be a one score game. And I think this is where things start to things start to turn. And, and this team starts to come of age a little bit. And I'm going to say 37, 34 uh, UVA gets the win on the road. And I think that snaps a three game losing streak in my scenario on my schedule. Yeah. And gets them back to 500. So, but yeah, I think, I think this is going to be the spot where, where the pieces start to come together and somebody on somebody makes a play late in this game to to get things going in the right direction and get some momentum going here as as we approach 
Well, I guess we hit the halfway point now. <laughs> um, so yes, I, I listen. I, I I'm not sure what happened in Louisville. Um, I, I don't think it's going to work out for the the regime there, and I'm not entirely positive. Like like I said, like what exactly? How like I thought I had I had high hopes. Now I realize it. Had, like the dude's been there for you know ever, but I, I don't know. It just doesn't. It, it just this feels like one that's going to make a change at the end of the season. Um, I've got Virginia winning this thing thirty six to twenty. This feels like one of those games where Virginia just kind of cruises for a while. Louisville can't seem to score. Um, they add a touchdown late. Um, try to go for two, don't get it, um, and that's that. Uh, I I just personally feel like, um, again. Getting these guys, these super seniors back. We haven't talked a lot about that to this point, but there's a lot of experience on this team. And I and I and I kind of think that one of the things that stood out to me is I, I watched not just the the little bit of practice that I got to see the first time, but also the last workout. Like a lot of these dudes are in the best shape they've been in um in the entire time that I covered them. I, I think that last season left a really bad taste in their mouth. And the fact, you know, Damon um you know, and I talked a lot about this, right? The idea of them not playing a bowl game and stuff. And I, I wonder just how how that impacted them as they went into the offseason. I think it, it fueled them. And I kind of feel like as the bumps in the road come, sure, I, I obviously I had them, you know, they're human. They're not robots, right? So they're going to have some games like, you know, like I picked that weight game. But I, I just look at the talent level and the and the schemes here. You know, if maybe if some of those guys who, who Louisville had last year were, were still there, I, I wouldn't feel this way. But I, I don't know, man. I just feel like Virginia is going to win this one, and it's, it's going to be kind of one of those like kind of ho hum sort of afternoons or evenings. You know, we'll see what time it actually um, kicks off. But yeah, give me the who's thirty six to uh, to twenty. All right, next week uh, it will be homecomings. Duke coming to Charlottesville. Uh, we, <laughs> I feel like we talked a lot about the fight and cut cliffs and sort of where things are for the Blue Devils right now. So I don't want to don't want to uh, beleaguer belabor belabor this point too much um dave you're gonna pick virginia to win this game give me <laughs> tell me tell me why and give me the number duke sucks they couldn't beat us <laughs> with a nfl quarterback they're not gonna do it now virginia wins 42 to 20 there you go all right ferber you you gotta have uva win this game what's this what's the number and tell me why yeah duke's not very good <laughs> scotty report not very good yeah, and it's and it's at home um scotty report turn have... to page 245 yeah, I have forty-one twenty. So me and oh, Dave look at you! Pretty close in that one. All right. Uh, I, for the record, uh, Damon, I'm going to break the order here because I had forty-one twenty-one. So um, the fact that they both were like right there on the number is actually funny to me. All right, Damon, you're going to have UVA win in this. <laughs> and thing. Damon's going to have Duke winning fifty-five. <laughs> <laughs> in this is the overtime. day the Cutcliffs come back. <laughs> Cutcliffs uh, revenge. Chase <laughs> Minifield said something to him on the way through the parking lot. Yeah, I never forget it. I've never seen man. Chase was fired up that day. All right, what's the what do you, what do you got for this one, Damon? I'm gonna say 37, uh, 37, 20. UVA wins it. Uh, yeah, for all the reasons I just think. Yeah, that's just how this one's gonna go. All we right. don't need to belabor the point. It will be family weekend the next weekend. Can you tell I'm looking at the UVA site um, <laughs> for the schedule? Um, obviously this game also TBA in terms of time, but they'll get the, the rambling rack of Georgia tech and a hell of an engineer. Um, an interesting matchup in a variety of different ways. We, we talked a lot about the yellow jackets last week, Dave, in terms of, you know, what we think they could be or couldn't be. Um, my guess is you're going to pick UVA to win this one too. Um, but 
if, you tell if me? If Jameer Gibbs lets me. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, either that kid's going to ha- listen to me. So have we told the story right yet? So we had this whole conversation about this poor. I mean, like, I don't mean any disrespect here. Okay. If you're like his cousin or something, please don't. Certainly a solid player. Rat us out. But like we joked about because he got like a player of the year vote. And I'm like, wait, what? Like in a, in a conference with Sam Howell and a whole bunch of other sure dudes? I'm pretty sure he got two. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, yeah, got two. he got two. Well, get, get this. AC, ACC Digital Network has been releasing videos of top 25 returning players overall oh, no. in the ACC. Poor kid. Jameer Gibbs was the, rated the 12th best returning player in the okay. entire conference. Let me pause. Let me pause this right here. <laughs> and let me just let me just now that I'm sort of in some ways detached from it a little bit. To my fellow media brethren, okay, don't do this, okay, because all you do, all you do when you make these ridiculous picks, right, is you put the kid on blast so that folks like us talk about it on a podcast. There's no reason at all for you, like, what was that year somebody, like, was Brendan Motley, wasn't it Brendan Motley that somebody voted for, for uh, for all ACs, or player of the year, or whatever, player like, year. I, I don't know what what happens to folks when they do this, like, I could be the biggest UVA homer alive, but I'm not going to be like, you know what? I think Mike Hollins is going to be the ACC player of the year. You know, like, I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I, I mean, I wouldn't even do it for like Lavelle Davis or somebody who I like really believed in and, and there was like bona fides for. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't do this. This is not nice to the kid. You think you're doing something? Don't do that. Okay. Just don't do it. Just stop it. Yeah, not, that, not I need to that Jordan. The Gibbs stuff. I need yeah. that Jordan Gift is like, stop it. You know? But anyway, go <laughs> yeah. ahead. Yeah. No, Gibbs is a look. I think he could be a fine player. Um, not to belabor the point of him and not talk about the preview. I actually went and watched a bunch of his highlights from last year before I did this because I don't want to dog on him if he's good. And he's super fast. But like 80% of his yards last year came against Duke or when they were trailing by three touchdowns. Um, and they were like little screen passes when they were down three scores. Um, so do it again. Like he's fast. I'll give him that. He looks like he runs as fast as smoke. Um, so watch him run for 300 in Charlottesville. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I, I I think Georgia Tech's improving. That you know, um, they've got they've got Gibbs, they've got some weapons. I, I just think you know, if this was a game on the road, I'd be a little more concerned. You know, at this point in the year, I've got Virginia kind of on a roll, back to back on you know back to back road games. I will mention this is the only opponent Virginia plays all year that's coming off a bye, so that'll be an interesting little wrinkle. That's why I've kind of got it closer than I think it'll actually be. But I've got Virginia winning this one, thirty-one to twenty-one. All right. Ferber, what do you think? Yeah, I think this one's going to be sort of like the game that was played in Charlottesville a couple of years ago, um, where like Georgia Tech, I, mean, I think they led early in that game, but they just kind of hung around and it never really felt like UVA was going to lose the game. But, you know, the UVA couldn't put them away. And it certainly was a game late. Like they had to kind of get a couple first downs late in the game. I remember that game because it was the one where Dave was texting us from the tailgate and was like, I think this is a loss. This is not good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it looked bad early. It looked like he might be right. Um, But yeah, I think UVA wins this one, but I don't think it's like super convincing. I think it's sort of a comeback down to earth game after two really nice wins. Um, I think they went 28 to 20 and then prepare for the final four games of the season at I believe I have them at six and two and bowl eligible. Imagine that. What do you think, uh, Damon? See, I think this. It, I think this is a team that's kind of gotten things rolling the last couple of weeks. You get the win at Louisville, you take care of Duke, and I just I think we touched on this last week uh, when we were going through the division. But I just I don't have a ton of confidence in Georgia Tech. I don't know. This feels like a game 
that UVA should, uh, especially being a veteran group like we talked about and the sense of urgency that kind of kicked in after losing those three in a row, uh, I think this this feels like a game to me that UVA should handle pretty easily. Uh, so I'm going to leave, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 31, 13 UVA in this one. I think, I think they, uh, they're going to be rolling by this point and, uh, and the urgency will have kicked in in a positive way. The urgency. That's a good, good word. That's exactly where I am. I mean, I think that, I think this entire season is dictated by it and I'm going to pick Virginia to win this game, which in that case means that I've got Virginia at seven one which doesn't seem very realistic. But, I mean, look, when you look at it on a case-by-case basis, you can probably make an argument for, you know, for this or for that. And maybe, my, maybe the win in Chapel Hill is, is the one where I'm the most ridiculous, or maybe it's the one in Miami that I'm the most ridiculous. But this is a game to me that I think is very simple, which is Virginia's the better team. And, I, you know, you can talk about going to play there. Da, da, da. Okay. You know, like, if, if, if these seniors are, are, are anything near what I expect them to be, um, this is the game they win. It's that sense of urgency. It's that culture piece that's got to click into place. Um, and, and you know, in my season, at least, Virginia's having a fair amount of success. This was what the, their fourth win in a row. Um, you know, it's a it's 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 a good day to to be them. But yeah, I just I don't know, man. I I I look at that Georgia Tech team. Not not that they're necessarily lacking for talent, but they I just don't think they have enough. At least not yet. So give me the Cavaliers, forty to twenty three. All right, it's the day before Halloween. Virginia is in Provo, Utah, to play BYU in a game. What full a of random lines. game! Like I can't think of any. Story <laughs> I can't think lines. of any reason. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say storylines abound. I can't think of any reason why they might be there. Um, Mike London was a cop. That's <laughs> 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 It's funny. Kyle guy had a man bun. All right, Mike. Mike London uh, coached against Bronco Bennett Hall at. That's uh, true. Provo. Definitely did. Um, I don't have any day before you go. BYU is tough for me because I mean, half their team could be full of dudes that like we didn't see last year. Right. Or the year before, you know what I'm saying? Like that's a, it's actually difficult when you think about it. Um, That being said, I I have, I have a pretty good feel for what Virginia will be. And I think that the players, because it, this is not like year two or year three with Bronco, right? Like these guys have all been there with him. They're obviously not just him, but the assistance and, and the support, a lot of the support folks and stuff like this is going to be a very hard game for a lot of people. And I feel like the kids themselves are going to be have the ones who really pick it up. Um, so what do you think? How, how do you feel like they do when they go out West? Yeah. I mean, that's my point that to me, this is the game where the kids are going to like, you, you look at the senior leaders and they're some of the biggest, like, Bronco guys. Um, so, I mean, to me, this is a game they're going to win for their coach. And if anything, there's two, the two things that make me happy about this game are, you know, Virginia's on a little winning streak in my world going into it. Uh, and secondly, they don't have a really big conference game right after it. Cause I think this is a game where the staff and the, and the team can kind of, they get a buy after this game um, and they play Notre Dame after, but I feel like this is a, it's going to be a very emotional game on the whole, whole team. Um, especially the coaching staff and Justin knows this answer, but do you know who BYU plays the week before we play them? I have not looked kind at their of, schedule in the last day or so. They're at Washington state. Ooh. So it's like the, <laughs> the Tony Bennett and the, uh, Bronco <laughs> Mendenhall um, schools meet up the week before we play them. But yeah, 
Um, but yeah, I think I, I tried to do some research on BYU. It looks like I can't remember the guy's name because I looked at so many names, but it's a dual threat guy who got some playing time and looks pretty good. Like, here's the Darren thing: every Hall. guy who, yeah, Paul, yeah. Here's the thing: every quarterback on BYU's roster who's coming to a game has done very, really, really well. So they they they're going to have a good quarterback. It's just going to be. Look, does BYU beating does this current staff and the players on it? Some, I guess, at this point, some of them could have still been recruited by Broncos, probably very likely. But do they care much about beating Bronco as Bronco does about beating them? And as Bronco, yeah, is it too much for him to focus? So there's some interesting storylines. But I think this is a game. Going back to Thomas Jones out there, I just have a hard time seeing this game being anything but a a shootout. And I think Brennan and and the uh, other. You know, Brennan and the senior leadership on the team kind of wins this one for Broncos. So I've got Virginia winning this one in an exciting 45-38 to 38 shootout. All right. Ferber, what do you think? Game of the year. Game of the year in Provo, you, Utah. In the picturesque yeah. uh, Edwards, yeah. Lavelle Edwards mountains. Some mountains. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think uh, – I don't really know. I mean, you guys know this, but – I don't, I try not to read too much into the mental aspect of things because I think there's like a million different angles and I really don't know how like all these different storylines intersecting affects them because I could see it being like such a one-off for Bronco that it really does like make them either try too hard. Like they're like pulling out all the stops or, you know, maybe like he's just so laser focused on the day to day that he doesn't even really care. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll see. Also, I was just looking at BYU schedule. Um, I don't know how all these teams are supposed to fare this year, but this is brutal. They oh, play, it's so bad. <laughs> they play Arizona, Utah, Arizona State, UCF or USF, sorry, Utah State, Boise State, Baylor, Washington State before they play UVA, and then it gets a little easier at the end. But damn, <laughs> that is not fun. <laughs> oh um, man. Yeah, but I, I so I think this one's going to be a high-scoring game. I don't think there's going to be a ton of defense. Um, I think UVA wins it, and for the first time in I don't know how many years, on a last-second field goal, 38-37. Jerk! Oh my god. Okay. Is Ian Fry kicking that field goal? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Is it right at the it. buzzer? <laughs> well, actually, wasn't this the place where he his dad got like sick or something? Oh, oh right, the, he did. I just thought about the how he yes. kicked really well yes. out there. I forgot. Yeah, about that's his dad. right. He kicked it. He kicked it right for the half. Right, wasn't it the fifty yarder or whatever? He, that was he had home. a couple of long ones. Yeah. Wow. All right, um, Damon, what do you think? Yeah, I I have to be honest. I have no idea what to expect from this game. I think this is just such a unique set of circumstances. I keep thinking about how. Remember how Bronco detested the idea of BYU being on these future schedules? He, was, and he has never, he, he has yes. never even yeah, come close to hiding. Yeah, that could be a grudge, you know, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, he, like, I, I have no idea what, this is just so, because we're so used to Bronco as being just this analytical, very even-keeled, unemotional guy, and, and, and the coaching staff kind of following that lead. Uh, and this is just going to be such a unique set of circumstances. You think about how fired up two J's on the sideline when they're playing William and Mary, what's he going to be like when they're at BYU? This, like, this is going to be so out of character. I feel like in a lot of ways, I don't know if out of character is the right way of putting it, but just such a unique setup. And yeah, I do think like you guys alluded to, it's going to come down to, uh, this game's not emotional for the players. This is, this is a road trip across the country 
uh, to play a team that they have no history with. Um, so I do think it does come down to the players and if they're able to bring their energy and I do like the notion of winning this one for, for, um, for Bronco and for the coaching staff, I can see them definitely feeding off of that as well. Long story short, I do think, I do think the way things are going to be, if, if in, in my projection, if they're going to be rolling, like the way we're kind of projecting and uh, the urgency that I talked about uh, with the Georgia tech game, I don't, this is not going to be easy by any stretch. It's definitely going to be a one score game. It's going to come down to the fourth quarter. Um, but I do think, again, this is a team that is figuring out uh, how to win these games and, and get rolling here down the second half of the season. So in terms of a score, I'm going to say uh, 38-35 UVA. Uh, I think UVA finds a way to pull this one off on the road, and I think it's going to be uh, a really emotional scene. It's going to be it's going to be really unique. I'm really interested to see how this all, what this entire week, like what if we don't, like remember the one year we didn't get players going into Virginia Tech? Are we not going to get coaches going into BYU maybe uh, as media and we'll only be able to talk to players that week? I don't know. It'll. Uh, I think it's going to be a really interesting uh, week when it gets here. All right. So first I got to yell at Ferber because I, I don't think I had even come. Wait, let me look at my numbers. Now, this is the well, I've got one more close game, but this is the one I actually was going to say, like, this comes down to a last second field goal. So he's a jerk. Um, listen, I think that did I think it was Dave that was talking earlier. The idea of like for the on the BYU side, like, do they care about Bronco? Maybe some of them were recruited on him, whatever. Obviously, you know, the Virginia kids were all recruited by Bronco. And as I said before, you know, the idea that like I do think that the kids have to pick him up here because um, I do think it's going to be an emotional game and I do think it's going to be really hard for them, especially as like, you know, um, there are going to be a lot of people at this game that are going to come to see Bronco, that are going to come to see Papinga, that are going to come see, you know what I'm saying? Like there are going to be people out there who they haven't seen since then. What if they're um, or, just like watching them on the sideline the whole time and not the game? <laughs> that would be super weird. But I do think that they're going to be um, – that one of the one of the aspects of this that is very interesting is the scheduling piece. Now, I could be wrong in in the way I, I'm about to frame this. Right? We don't know for sure why this game happened. Right? We don't know which side essentially wanted to keep it going. Right? It's it's like Schrodinger's um, away game. Right. I would take Broncos comments to think that BYU wanted to keep it because that's he was my, sort that's, of like we that, don't want to play them and right. they're not letting us it, out of it. It would be it would be a shock to me if Bronco went to Carla and said, I don't want to play this game, get us out of this. And Carla said, No, no, we're gonna play this game because we don't want to have to pay them the whatever fee to get out of it. I just And can't, they did push it a couple right. of years. I can't I just can't imagine that that's what happened. I think BYU wanted to keep this game and Virginia tried to get out of it and BYU wouldn't let them. And that's why they're playing. And I do think that there's, there's, that's going to, that's, that's a part of this. So I'm not saying Broncos going to go out there looking to bust some skulls. I'm just saying that that piece of it for me, I think does matter. I think he's going to be, um, this is going to be a tough week for him. And I think to, I think it was Dave's talking about, you know, he's such a, you know, a different sort of personality. Um, you know, I think this one will be personal for him. And that's okay. I think the kids are going to have to pick him up. And like I said, they're the kids are attached to their coaches, and the and they I think they're going to understand the ramifications of what this all means and stuff. So yes, give me Virginia thirty to twenty seven. 
I think it's going to be a weird game, um, as all as all games between UVA and BYU seem to be. Um, but I think Virginia wins it right there at the end. I have a quick fun fact. I just okay. I said that they were going to win on a on a last second field goal. Do you guys know when the last last second field goal win was? Oh, it was in Connecticut. Was that at Indiana? <laughs> yeah, they've had some last second field goal losses. Yeah, that's actually correct. September tenth, yeah. twenty eleven. So ten years ago, the Robert Cam Randolph. Yeah, Cam Johnson I was in Chicago. Sack. Yeah, the skip strip sack, which is crazy. Yeah, what didn't they lose one to? What year was it they lost? Oh, they've lost. They've lost a few. <laughs> there was that one they lost to Wake Forest. Um, down there in twenty, that was Broncos' first year. No, 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 no. It was before that. It was like what's it was like a Philip Sims game or something. Yeah, it was. There was a. There was a. That was the kind of off the field game, wasn't it? Well then, well then they've lost a bunch on like other teams making like, or then they they beat Penn State because Penn State missed a field goal. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Sam Connecticut. They lost. Wait, let's not let's not go down this. Yeah, let's not go. This is an avenue of pain. Okay, let's not do that. Speaking of pain. Um, have you ever tried the food in South Bend? Um, all right. So November 13th, Notre Dame comes back to Charlottesville, um, TBA on the time. Um, I, I actually, I'm going to, I'm just gonna let Dave go. Dave, what do you think of, uh, of the Irish this year? Um, and, and how do you, how do you like the, the Cavaliers in this one? I mean, I don't, they're going to be good. <laughs> they got lots of players. Um, Every Virginia fan, if you see someone wearing Notre Dame stuff and they say they're from South Bend, take them to a good restaurant. They need it. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know that uh, – yeah, I don't know that they'll be as good as they were last year, but they're still going to be really good. Um, you know, the thing going for Virginia here, obviously, despite the what was their probably emotional game at BYU, traveling all across the country, they do have a bye week leading into this game. And Notre Dame's got their, their annual robbery with Navy the week before, so – that's a plus, but and it's at home. That's another plus, but I mean, as much as I try to talk myself in the junior winning this game, um, I just I can't pull it off between between the uh, the last second touchdown in Charlottesville and and watching them just eat our offensive line lunch in South Bend a couple of years ago. Um, you know, it's to be like you got Notre Dame and Pitt back to back, kind of similar color schemes, but um, also similar like power that Virginia has struggled to match up with. And I think if there's a, a season Virginia is going to be potentially able to to win a game like that, it should be this year with all the re- returners on both lines. But um, I'm going to I'm going to have to take my fan half out of, fan hat off here and, and give Notre Dame the advantage. And a game I'm hoping is closer than I'm predicting, but I got Notre Dame winning this one 34 to 20. 34 to 20, the Golden Dome. All right, Berber, what do you think? Yeah, I got a couple things here. First, their schedule is also brutal. Florida State, yeah. Toledo, Purdue, Wisconsin, number eight, Cincinnati. Wisconsin's number 12, by the way. Uh, for, at Virginia Tech, USC, North Carolina, Navy, before they come to Charlottesville. That is rough. Um, <laughs> but they're Notre Dame, so they should win most of those games. Um, another thing, uh, I said this to Dave before, but um, – I don't. I wouldn't predict it necessarily, but we have. I have UVA at seven and two, and Notre Dame is currently number nine. So assuming that they're like in the top ten, UVA is probably ranked at seven and two. Maybe the best chance UVA's ever had to have college game day in Charlottesville. Maybe. Yeah, especially if they're nine and one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and it, or if Notre Dame is like number six or something, like 
And I looked at the schedule for that day. There's not like a slam dunk, like Alabama LSU sort of game. So maybe, but I mean, it would take a lot to make that happen. Um, but anyway, yeah, Notre Dame 31, UVA 24. <laughs> um, wait, say, I wait think, say, that, say that again. I have Notre Dame winning 31-24. I think they're going to be good this year. I don't think they're playoff good. I think they're probably going to be like 9-3, and three, but like a good 9-3. and three. Um, Jack Cohn, pretty good quarterback. Their two running backs, Tyree and Williams, are studs. Um, I think that's going to be a little too much for UVA, but um, I think UVA keeps it close and, and makes it competitive, but I don't think it's quite enough. Um, in a game that would be really, really hyped on grounds if they were seven and two. All right. Damon, what about you? I've got UVA at six and three now, right? Winners of uh the last, is that right? You had them losing to UNC Wake and Yeah, I had them losing two. to three in a row. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Could, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just when I think about this game, I mean I know it's easy to think about this, but I go back to I keep going back to the 2015 Notre Dame game. And uh, the Louisville game in 2016. Um, and just, yeah, I know that's not what UVA fans want to hear, but I just feel like this is going to follow a similar script where UVA has the ball uh, late. Similar to how I talked about in against Louisville at Louisville, how they made that play late. I feel like it's going to get away from them late in this one. I think it's going to be a really good game. And I don't know if it's going to be Notre Dame's offense or if it's going to be UVA turning the ball over Notre Dame's defense late. Uh, but I think it's going to be 31-27 Notre Dame. And I think it's going to be a really good game that comes down to those last, I don't know, 30 seconds, last minute. And it's just Notre Dame makes one more play uh, when, when they need it. And UVA just can't make that play that, that, uh, that, I'm, that I'm guessing they make out at Louisville. And so... Yeah, I just I like I just I think Notre Dame's gonna be pretty good again this year and they just make one more play in this one. So Dave thinks it's gonna be a two touchdown game, and then the three of us are pretty much in a line. Um Ferber and I have the exact same score. I've got it Notre Dame 31-24. I think about it like this. Emotional, you know, late game sort of situation, comeback from Provo. We haven't talked about the fact that they this is coming off their bye week. Um but I and I do think that, that will soften the blow a little bit. But I also wonder if with this team, like you, you, you on some level, you do have to sort of get used to winning. Like you don't just like start winning, right? And that's not to say that these kids haven't won. They have many of them though were not necessarily kind of as big a deal, right? On the t- on those on that team that went to the Orange Bowl, right? Like they were players and they were important cogs in the wheel, but they weren't like stars, right? Um, some of them, you know, bigger roles than others, obviously some younger guys who weren't there then. Um, but I, I, it's, you know, Brennan, uh, obviously being the, 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 the most important one, I just kind of feel like coming off of an emotional game, even with a bye week I, I think focus is going to be, um, a little bit easier to, to, to find in that situation because it is Notre Dame. So that's nice. Um, but at the same token, I just don't, I just don't think they're going to be as crisp. And I think this is the game. This is the stretch I think where, you know, from you know to my on my board right now, Virginia's like eight one eight. It, you know, so it, it this is the this is the spot where it hits a little bit of the skids. So yeah, give me the dome domers thirty one twenty four, and knocking Virginia back down a little bit. Um, now next on the schedule, Virginia has to go to Pittsburgh. Final road game of the seat. Sorry, yeah, final road game of the yeah. season. Why 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 does I don't know why this um, Virginia schedule keeps tripping me up. I'm like second guessing everything. Pittsburgh, November the twentieth. Um, Dave, what you thinking? 
Yeah, I mean, look, it's cold in Pittsburgh in late November, so it's good. I think the average high is like in the mid-40s, so it's going to be a cold game at a place, as we know, doesn't have a great college atmosphere, kind of is what it is. Um, like, I mean, I didn't mention it when we talked about the Miami game, but I circled two games that I thought could be bellwether games for whether this team is like, like what sort I'm looking for, like whether they're different, right? I think if if this team went to Miami and won, or this game, if this team went to Pitt and won, I think that you know, and they obviously did what else with I predicted. I think that would that'd be like, huh? We've we've kind of taken a step, you know, we've taken the next step. Um, obviously, winning them all would be even better. But you know, Pitt just because of what they do and how they do it, and Kenny Pickett there, you know, in year twelve, I think, um, you know it. What they do, like it's you know how they run the ball, the power they run with, um, kind of the play action stuff that can be that can be tough to stop, especially in a three three five, even in a three four, um, you know, in a cold cold environment with without much atmosphere. So, like I was tempted to pick Virginia win this one because I do think this team is ready to take the next step, um, just with all the guys, all the super seniors back too. But you know the other teams have super seniors back as well. So I'm gonna. I'm going to let my brain win over my heart on this one and have Pitt win in this in a very close uh, 21 to 18 game. Um, but yeah, that one, that one I could see. I, I don't know that Pitt's going to be as good as I think they could be. Um, my guess is it'll be right around 500. So we'll see. All right, Ferber, what do you think of the, of the fight in our doozies? Yeah, I think that. Um, I'd have to look at schedules and things, but at this point I would have UVA with like maybe an outside shot at the coastal um, because they would have lost to UNC and Miami. I'm assuming at least one of those teams would be right there with them. If not ahead, um, obviously those two teams have to play each other in Chapel Hill. I think it's the week after UVA plays there, um, but, or maybe two weeks, I can't remember. Um, so I think that this game, I think after losing a close one to Notre Dame, I think people would be saying like, all right, just go win these last two and we're right there. Maybe we win the Coastal. I think this is the you let Notre Dame beat you twice sort of game. I think Pitt is like the worst possible team to be playing late in the season on the road and in the cold after a tough game against Notre Dame with the Tech game looming. Um, this is a spot that Tech has lost in a bunch of times, like going to going to um, Heinz Field like right before they play UVA. Um, I think this is going to be a, a slog of a game, um, probably like gross weather. Um, I think UVA loses 26 to 20 uh, in a game that really is the probably the most frustrating of the year, um, just because it'll probably feel like a game that they should be winning, but they just can't score points. Um, and Pitt just hangs on and does pit things and, and gets a win at home. I think Pitt will be decent this year. I think they'll be about as good as UVA. So I think I'm going to go with them on this one. I'm going to stop letting you. I don't know whose idea it was for me to go after you, but I'm very angry at that person. All right, uh, Damon, how are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, I, I talked, uh, we talked last week when we were talking about Pitt. I mentioned how much I'm I'm a Narduzzi fan, and I think, I think Pitt's going to be sneaky good this year. Uh, and so I'm going to completely contradict that stuff from last week because I don't know. This just feels to me like, we've been talking about that sense of urgency and these guys coming back with a sense of purpose. And after losing to Notre Dame last week and the way they lost to Notre Dame, 
I just, this feels like this is another one of those, for lack of a better way of putting it, coming of age moments for this, this group, this, this group of seniors and these veterans on this UVA team. And I, I don't necessarily think this is going to be a very pretty game. Um, I, I don't think for all the reasons we talked about, it's cold and, 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 and Pittsburgh in, in this point in November and just, but I just, I think this is one of those games where these guys figure out a way to get out of there with, with a win. Uh, I'm going to say 24, 20 UVA. Um, and yeah, I just think they figure out a way. I think, I think just as, like I said, last week, uh, Notre Dame makes one more play. I think UVA makes one more play than Pitt in this one. And this is, this, this is going to be really telling kind of a defining game for this group because Pitt's always been a tough place for UVA. And I do think Pitt's going to be a really good team this year. And but I do think UVA finds a way to win this one. So I, I joke that I don't need to let Ferber um, pick in front of me anymore because he keeps stealing. I mean, even down to like, it's going to be a slog in the weather. I mean, I was going literally going to say that because how many times I've, I think every time I've ever gone to Pittsburgh, it's been like that. Um, I don't think necessarily for me that this is a, a situation where you let Notre Dame beat you twice, but I do think it's a situation where to quote the, um, one of the greatest players of all time, Anthony Poindexter, you know, th- their kids on scholarship too. Um, I-, I just feel like Vir- Virginia's just gonna gonna get beat in this game. And there's no harm in it. There's no like, you know, um, no gnashing of teeth. Like they're they're gonna play pretty well. Pitt's gonna play pretty well. Could evenly match game. Pitt's just gonna make a couple more plays. Not necessarily the UVA is gonna make more mistakes, but Pitt's gonna make more plays. So I've got it 24-21 Panthers. I, I, I just I, I think that to the point Ferber made earlier, I completely agree with you. This is just not one of these games you want to play late in the season. Um, you, you you don't want to give Pittsburgh a chance to sort of get everything right and then play them on the road late. I, it's just one of those things. And I I think that if this game was in Charlottesville, maybe I would feel differently. Um, but it's not. And so that's the way it looks. All right. The time has come, Dave. Your 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 annual ritual. Uh, we know we know you're going to pick UVA because you refuse to ever pick against the Cavaliers in this game. But November the 27th, time TBA will be Senior Day, uh, the Commonwealth Cup on the line between the Hokies and the Hoos. How you feel? I mean, I feel it. I'll keep it short so you guys can actually do actual analysis on this game. But um, I mean, I got two points written down. One is I've got Virginia Tech at five and six coming in this game. Virginia wins 37 to 14 and Fuente's last game as a head coach of the Hokies. Go who's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you really got right. You, you went, actually went too fast there. I didn't have my pin up. Tell, t- uh, tell 37, me that 37, 14, 37, 14. Not, all right. That's a, that's a, that's a hefty score. Uh, I feel like, you know, I feel like 2000, um, you know, Virginia's had a chance to finally end that thing a couple times. I think this year might be the chance they finally pull the plug on that for a few years. All right, Ferber, what do you think? Yeah, Dave kind of stole my Justin Fuente thing. Um, I'm going to say UVA wins a close one, thirty-one twenty-eight, but it's like the nail in the coffin. Um, I think this game will sort of mirror what we saw a couple years ago. I don't have like extreme confidence in UVA to win this game because I really don't know what Tech is going to be. Like uh, they could be good, they could be not good. I, I wouldn't really be surprised. I feel relatively confident that UVA will be above average. Um, so I'm going to go with them at home, 
I do think it's Justin Puente's last game, even if they go like seven and five or something, I think that they're going to make a change and he will not coach the bowl game if there is one. All right. Damon, this is your, uh, now. this is your first, listen now, this is the first time you predicted this game on the podcast. <laughs> so be careful. All right. Let's be careful. Can be mindful of your audience is all I'm going to, that's all I'm going to, the only, uh, um, uh, advice I'm going to give you with that in mind. Uh, yeah, I just think by this point, the wheels will have come off in Blacksburg. I don't, I, I, I don't have a ton of confidence in them keeping it together this year. Um, it just seems like a program that's coming apart at the seams and, and, and by this point they will have hidden up bumps in the road that everybody will have kind of checked out. Uh, so I was going to say 34, 24 UVA, um, I still think it'll be a good game given the whole rivalry aspect of it. Uh, but yeah, and I, I wouldn't, I, I tend to agree that it would potentially be Fuente's final, uh, final game on a Virginia tech sideline. I just, I, the, this is, I just, this pick is as much my suspicion of how things are going to go in Blacksburg's as it, as it is in favor of UVA. I just, I just don't think they're going to go think things are going to go well uh, at tech this year. All right, give me your number one more time because my pen decided not to. Not to 34 24. 34 24. All right, listen to me. I, I genuinely don't think it matters what happens in Blacksburg this season because I don't think Fuente is going to be there after this year. Now, if they are, I think if they're good, he jumps for a better job. If they're bad, they're going to fire him because they've been wanting to fire him for a while. Um, I guess the middle ground of that is like, what if they're not any either of those things? Like, what if they're not bad enough to fire him, but they're not good enough for him to leave? Uh, I still think they'd fire. Um, listen, I, it's not that I don't think Tech has talent. Um, I think the, the Hokies have some really nice pieces here and there. I just don't think they're going to put it all together. I, I think that if this game, even if this game was in Blacksburg, I'd pick Virginia to win it. Um, you know, the way last year went, like it was, it, it was the culmination of all the things that could go wrong for UVA, as well as the Cavaliers just played easily one of the worst games that they've played in like the last two years. They just were, they were, there was just nobody home, so to speak. Right. I, I think that that thing in talking to the kids and certainly the way like they've attacked the off season, I think that that we can talk about like the whole season as a whole, everything, that game itself. I think that has, that is a big deal for them. And there's a lot of guys on this team who came back, I think specifically because in part of how bad that was. And I'm not saying that, like, just because you want to, like, right or wrong or you want to, you know, change something the way you left it means you're going to. But I think these kids are. Um, I have a lot of confidence in um, Virginia's ability to score points in this game in a way that I, I don't think I have in past years. Now, in my, in my season that I've drawn up on, on my uh, prediction card here, this is a, this is a gut check game. Um, and I think going into this, you know, that week, this, it's exactly what Bronco – needs right to get the most out of his kids your backs against the wall you gotta you know you gotta figure out a way that i think that because you know virginia lost that pit game the coastal you know maybe they were kind of because on my on my board remember they won the first three in a row they lost to wake forest and they won the next five in a row before losing to notre dame and pitts i mean they they're having a pretty good season but the season has now hit the skids they're they're owing to the last two weeks um i don't know man i just feel really good <laughs> feel really good about this matchup for UVA this year um especially because um you know I think 
th- granted, this is not necessarily a Bud Foster defense, right? We obviously know there's changes and stuff, but. I think just Brennan's ability to run and his understanding of the offense and his experience level at this point, um, I just think that that he's going to be the better of the two. So <sighs> I guess that's it. Any any closing thoughts before you wrap up this week? You guys got anything? Wait, what was your score again? Um, 37-33. Okay. So we all have Virginia like averaging um, 30, 35 points a game. Yeah, I thought about that a lot. <laughs> and going like eight and four. So. so my original thought was before I started looking at individual games is that I would have them like seven and five. Um, but I've been kind of like, maybe I'm reading too much into Bronco, but he's been like really high on the offense this year um, with his statements. And so that kind of swayed me to go up a game. I'm, I'm at eight and four. And that pick game to me is the real in my, on my I could see seven and five or eight and four. The swing games to me are are Louisville and Pitt on the road. Uh, and I actually had to win in both of those. So I don't know. It uh That's the thing I feel wor- like worst about is having them like whatever it is, three and two on the road after yeah. the struggles that they've had. Like that feels maybe like a reach to me. But I also feel like if this program's gonna take the next step, that's what the next step looks like. That's what it is winning some more of these yeah. games. And when they the won road. the Coastal two years ago, I think they were probably what what they went on the road. They beat Pitt. They beat yeah. North Carolina. Um, I don't I remember. They lost to Notre Dame. They lost to Miami. They lost, yeah. So they were two and three, but that was their only three losses of the year. Yeah. That's really all you need to win the Coastal if you beat the right teams is couple wins on the road because yeah and one of those like losses teams to great. notre dame was non-conference so i mean brad has them in the playoff <laughs> <laughs> yeah what's their record first run what, do, what do you have their record one two three four five brad seven, has them winning eight, the nfc nine nine and three <laughs> i got him at nine well that three. only they only need to win like six or seven to do that <laughs> um i had him nine and three in my first draft too but ferber ha- all right listen ferber has him at eight and four so it's not my fault or sorry damon has him at eight and four okay wait I have him in eight and four as well. Yeah, I have an eight we both have. Well, so. And you have him at sixteen and one. <laughs> four, five, six. Do they beat Clemson in your world? Right? Wait, hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and yeah. So you guys all at eight and four. Well, I'm glad. I. You know what? I don't feel so bad now. I. I. I don't like when I'm like super. I'm like two or three games out of you know what the group thinks. Um. I, the one storyline we have not discussed is Lavelle Davis. Um, in our past shows, and certainly in our our off mic conversations, oh, I have him winning the catching the game winning touchdown pass at Pitt. <laughs> in our conversations, you know, we have uh, we have certainly well, one, I mean, you know, full disclosure, I've always, uh, and this doesn't change whether or not I'm uh, doing the day to day or not. Like I've always been mindful that like part of the gig is sort of setting expectations, right? And I mean, everybody I talked to said the same thing, which is like, no, they're you know, Lavelle's not not going to play the season regardless of you know how good he looks uh, or how quickly he's coming back. It, it maybe that is what happens, but it doesn't feel like that's what's going to happen. And at, to this point, nobody has said anything definitively. But even if they did say it definitively, it's not like it can't change. I think the likelihood that Virginia plays football this season without Lavelle Davis, unless he has some sort of like setback, obviously, but the likelihood of them playing without him for the whole season is super small. 
And if you had asked me that a month ago, you know, what do you think the like, I probably would have said like close to you know, certainty. Um, but it certainly, you know, it, of all the ways that like things just sort of feel right. It just feels like he's going to be back. Um, it, yeah, we have, and I, go ahead. Dave. I, I was going to ask you if, if what you thought. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a possibility, but so if you start looking at, you know, think about recovering from me and look at the schedule and, um, obviously if he's hundred percent health and he can play every game, that's wonderful. But let's say they're like, let's just hypothesize he could, he's ready a month earlier than we hoped. And he's ready to go in early October. Do you really want to bring him back? Like my guess is like if, even in mid September, you probably don't want to bring him back at Carolina on a turf. Right. So maybe you bring him back that following Friday against Wake Forest at home. You definitely don't want to bring him back in Miami on that grass. You don't want to bring him back in Louisville on that grass, on that turf. So I circled, you know, Duke, Georgia Tech, that little stretch as a possibility. Otherwise, you know, maybe it's, it's tough to bring someone against Notre Dame, but um, he just spites BYU. <laughs> yeah. 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 He brings him back about BYU. So I mean, I think there's a few places where it makes sense to bring him back. Um, but to me, like, I mean, I'd love to have him healthy all year, but if you could guarantee me we're going to have him healthy in that Pitt Virginia Tech stretch or maybe Notre Dame Pitt Virginia Tech, I think I'd take that over the risk of playing the whole year, not knowing. You guys got anything else? Not really. I, I think that I, I wouldn't completely write it off write off UVA's chances to like be the surprise coastal winner. Um Mm-mm. I mean, like, we all kind of think they're going to be pretty good. If they win, like, one more game than we think, you know, they're right there. Um, if UNC or Miami kind of, like, doesn't live up to hype, which, you know, would never happen with those two teams, um, you know, that UVA could be – I'm not saying, like, they certainly will be, but they could be the team that kind of, like, upsets things if somebody does. Yeah, and I don't like to talk negative – like, injuries can happen and screw up everything, so – yeah, Virginia lost Brandon Armstrong for an extended period. Obviously, they're not going to yeah. be the same the team they I could be. I think that's be. true of any team. We can't yeah, predict that. You know. But, you know, Carolina, like, they are so – like, everything I think about Carolina is based on how. So, him staying healthy, obviously, is important for that team. And somewhat the same Miami's for Miami. Miami's no different. <laughs> yeah, so, it, so who knows what the Coastal looks like if injuries happen. But, yeah, I'd say right now, if I had to put money on the Coastal, I'd probably put it on Carolina. Um, but I definitely lay some on the backside on Virginia. I've come around to Miami. I think Miami wins. Yeah, they're scheduled I, I think, a little tough. I think but... they're more balanced, and I think they're just – I think if they can go – especially if they go to Chapel Hill and win, I think they win the Coastal. Um, I think they're just like a more complete team. Yeah, I can see that. All right. We are now at like an hour and 40-some minutes. Hey, don't, don't forget to say hello to Richard. I, I got it. You're <laughs> Gosh, fine. You told me to remind you. I know, but you're not supposed to do it like on the actual show. If you are somebody out there who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, you can look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that podcasts are sold. You should find us there, and if not, you should let me know uh, so that we can make sure we are there. Now, if you're somebody who has found the pod but you have not given us a look at the website yet, you can check us out at catscorn.com. Damon's been cranking out content. Um, we got one from Matt on um, with um, Rocco over at LCA talking about Zach Rice and Davis Lane. Um, Damon had a good story on uh, Antonio Clary, who wants their 
he's got a he's kid just wants to hit some people. I mean, I've never I don't think I've ever read a story that was like the dude just really wants to hit some people, but the dude really wants to hit some people. Um, he, he had a good stuff, some good stuff with Oak uh, talking about the baseball team and Wolf Oak uh, kid who's trying to play double duty um, baseball and football um, was also an, an interesting story. Um, the, obviously, we didn't talk about the 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 Jersey uh, draft last weekend. Um, but Damon's got a good story about that as well with the single digit numbers being a hot commodity. Um, I, I still think Jelani Woods getting zero is the best thing I've ever seen. Um, so yeah, no, uh, they practiced Friday or no, no practice Friday, right? Practices no, are done. No more open um, practices. Bronco we'll, on Monday. Okay. So Bronco Monday for game week and, uh, it's all upon us folks. So, uh, yeah, def- definitely, uh, keep your, keep your dial locked in because, uh, business is about to, to pick up. Um, I want to thank, um, uh, Andy Ludicky and the folks over at myperfectfranchise.net for their support of the show and of the website. You can check us out, check them out. Myperfectfranchise.net for more information on how you can find freedom in your next venture and discover the perfect franchise for you. And yes, we wanted to give a shout out to Richard, uh, who's come back to the board after some, uh, some time away. Glad to be back. Glad to have you back, and uh, looking forward to the season uh, of lots of uh, of lots of posts and such. All right, I think that's a good place to end it. Um, man, I'm I I don't know about you guys, but I'm really excited for the season. So um, next week we get to actually do like a a bona fide preview podcast. We're gonna do prop bets again, so it should be a, a lot of fun. So. I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. I want to thank Dave Ferber and Damon for giving graciously their time tonight, as always. I very much appreciate all that they do. So for David Spence, Justin Ferber, and Damon Dillman, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CatsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon. That's